Welcome to another episode of Behind the Tour, the podcast from American Christian Tours that goes behind the scenes of the most iconic sites, historic characters, and true stories in American history to discover how God has been at work since the very beginning. Now, our desire and purpose is to provide insight for today and hope for the future as we look at history from a biblical worldview. Well, I'm joined today, Jay, you're back. Hey, I, I love the fact that you're back on the podcast here. Uh, Jay Prophet, again, who's been with American Christian Tours on staff for many years and uh, has worked at guiding tours all over the country and giving the biblical history that needs to be heard uh, in this generation. Well, hey, Jay, uh, welcome back. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. It's good to be back with you. Yeah, and hey, our uh, special guest is back with us this week, uh, this episode, too. It was great last episode uh, just to hear Marshall share about Plymouth and the pilgrims coming over. And I'm really looking forward to hearing this part, too, where he's going to share with us about the Forefathers Monument, which is amazing. And uh, I've right now I've got another cup of coffee. This one is just straight dark, nothing in it. So I'll I'll get that ready to go. You know, Jay, that's uh, just a note. That's that's all I drink is dark coffee. You know, I've come to realize that uh, the the lighter roasts um, just don't do it for me. So I have to I have to go thick and rich. That's kind of been my my MO. <laughs> I I I just, I just I really enjoy coffee. It's it's a great drink and um, I'm glad that God provided it for us. Um I'm confident that it'll be in heaven. <laughs> well, um, on that note, we'll quick have our little chat about colonial colloquialisms. And uh, last week, I hit you up with a couple of them. Again, I found most of these um, from the website at Plymouth Patuxet, which is a former Plymouth plantation. And they have uh, some phrases there that would be familiar with old pilgrims, but maybe not to us. So one of them. So these are they, these are pilgrimish. Pilgrimish, yes. You hear this a lot down in Williamsburg, but they they would have probably set it up there in Plymouth too. But um, instead of like congratulations, uh, the colonists many times would say huzzah. So you'd hear them shout out huzzah, huzzah. If you were hearing one of them say, "Tis twixt one and two. Anyone want to guess what that is? Tis twixt one and two. I'll have to go between one and two, or maybe between a rock well, and a hard actually, place. Yes, between and betwixt is between, and it means like one thirty or half past one. Um, I'll give you two more. Uh, by my troth, and that's troth is an archaic version of the word truth. And so when they said by my troth, they were saying I. It is the truth. And then as we leave these colonial colloquialisms behind, um, I'll end with instead of goodbye, the pilgrims might say, God bye to you, or fare thee well, Aaron, or pray remember me, Marshall. Yes. So anyway, I'll let Marshall <laughs> get introduced, Aaron, by you, um, if you want to tell our listeners who they're listening to. You know, I often think, Jay, Jay, thank you so much for those uh, colonial or pre-colonial colloquialisms. And uh, sometimes you wonder, you romanticize, you know, the past um, in different eras. And that's that's one that I've always romanticized. And yet uh, there's other things that make you think, 
well, I don't know if I really would have loved to live back then, you know, given some of the uh, oral hygiene, the lack of things and the lack of uh, just, you know, some of the, the comforts that we enjoy today. Well, and you know what I've heard? They, to them, a sign of cleanse, cleanliness was that you had clean undergarments on. Not that you'd washed your body, but that you had clean undergarments on. So they would wash their undergarments, but not so much their body. And so you you could always kind of tell because they'd always have their undergarment kind of sticking out, like at the top, you know, there'd be a little ruffle by their neck or their arm. You could see the arms of the undergarment. So you could tell if it was clean or dirty. And I've heard that's what they focused on was if your undergarments look clean, that was cleanliness. Well, and I thought a sign of cleanliness back then is, was if you didn't smell as bad as the next guy. <laughs> well, why don't we get, get Marshall introduced here? Well, Marshall, again, thank you so much for joining us again uh, in this episode. Uh, for those of you that didn't uh, listen to the last episode, Marshall uh, is the Director of Education for American Christian Tours. Um, he founded the World History Institute in 1976, so not too long ago. <laughs> Uh, as a nonprofit educational foundation to teach the biblical and historical uh, foundations of liberty and freedom that we have. Uh, the World History Institute was formerly known as the Mayflower Institute, uh, and it has become uh, just an incredible force in the movement uh, that God is using to restore uh, our nation to its Judeo-Christian heritage. Um, well, Marshall has authored three uh, books. His best-selling book is called The American Covenant, the untold story, and has become a really effective training tool in Bible studies, classrooms, and study groups across our great nation. Uh, and the American Covenant book and accompanying documentary have had a deep and lasting impact on the grassroots movement uh, to restore our nation. Well, there's so much more uh, that I could tell, that I could say about Marshall and how God has used him and is continuing to use him in so many different ways. But he and his wife, Trish, have two grown children and seven grandchildren, and they currently reside in Southern California, at least for a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, Marshall? for a little bit. We're making the move to the Midwest, I think, coming up here very soon. But uh, at this point, we're in actually Northern California. Yeah. We're Southern, now we're Northern. All the kids are up here. So we're moving all together as a family, and it uh, uh, looks like we're going to be uh, living in Franklin, Tennessee in about three months. So we're going to be there in the heartland, uh, close to everything, and then we can do tours and speaking Kind of everything seems to be on the East Coast. So we're going to be out there with the team and the seven grandkids uh, right there in Franklin, uh, Tennessee. So that's going to be fun, too. Oh, yeah, that would be great. Awesome. Well, Marshall, thanks again for joining us today. Uh, we're privileged to have you here. And uh, today uh, in our episode, we're going to be uh, talking a lot about the National Monument to the to our forefathers. And uh Jay, you kind of have a little bit of a, a story as, a, as yeah, a tour guide. Aaron and I were talking about this, Marshall, before you came on. Um, I remember in my early tour guiding days, I had done tours for probably about three or four years. And I had a group uh, that was going to Boston and Plymouth. And we had started in our company, we had started to hear rumors about there's some monument in Plymouth. Uh, to the forefathers and I had never seen it and so I went with this school and we we, we came into Plymouth and the school 
uh, the teacher is very excited about taking her group out to see this forefathers monument and I was trying to find out where it was. Now, remember, this was back before uh, internet and cell phones were like all the rage. And so it was a little more complicated to find things. And I remember um, my group was having lunch in downtown by the waterfront. And I was going store to store in these gift shops asking if anybody could give me directions to get out to the forefathers monument and store after store these people did not know about the forefathers monument and so finally i came into one gift shop it was an old man and he i asked him i said do you know where the forefathers monument is he goes yep i sure do and he ducked under his counter and he pulled out a little uh, photocopied paper that kind of told how to get there so I took the group out there. Now, for people that have never been to Plymouth, Plymouth is not a big, big city. It's a it's a nice sized town. I think at that time it was maybe like 50,000 people. And the downtown area is pretty small and compact. And we were down on the waterfront and we literally drove maybe like half a mile, turned off into the woods. And as we came through the woods, Marshall, it kind of reminded me of that scene from your movie Monumental yeah. where you're strolling up. And I looked up and I was like, this thing is huge. Holy moly. How, <laughs> how do people not know about this? Yeah. So I'm excited for you to talk about it. It will be it will be fun to hear you talk about the Forefathers Monument. The Forgotten Monument. That's it. That's it. Well, you want, you want me to tell you a little bit about that? There it is. The Forefathers Monument. Um an amazing, amazing monument itself. And why are monuments important? They go back to the Gilgal stones that were told by uh, Joshua was supposed to put the Gilgal stones up at the top to as a remembrance of, of the parting of the river as the children of Israel went into the promised land. And so, and he was asked, why are you putting these stones up? And why are the priests making it such a thing? Well, it's because when your grandkids ask, what is this? You'll be able to tell them because you probably have forgotten to tell your kids that this is where God did the miracle and he parted the entire river and let you walk through. And so the same is true here is that throughout history, these landmarks have been important. That's why monuments are important. That's why tearing them down is very, very bad because we need to remember the good, the bad and the ugly, but especially the good. And so what happened is that to almost 200 years after the pilgrims, in fact, it was 200 years exactly uh, at the, uh, time when they were building a canopy over the Plymouth Rock in 1820, that while the man was giving this speech, um, uh, that uh, a, an architect was inspired to begin to develop a plan to develop this, this, uh, this monument to the forefathers. And it took about 45 years before it ever, ever got up. And it took until 19, 1889 before it was actually uh, finalized. And that has become an amazing tribute because it's 80 tons. I mean, we're talking about a huge monument, the largest granite monument in America. And it's it's all representative. It's like a matrix. It's like you, know, you can read it. You can tell exactly how the pilgrims thought and how they structured their society by simply walking around that monument. And so uh, I realized that many years ago when I started going to Plymouth. And now uh, every time I take a group, every time I do anything with them or or talk about this at the end of one of my seminars, I bring up the monument. Why? 
because the strategy of God for the saving of nations has been the same since the Garden of Eden. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His world is the same. The strategy of good and evil is the same. The strategy of making a better place is the same. You do it God's way, and you end up being blessed. You end up being free. You end up with your wife is going to have a cornucopia of prosperity and and the dove of, of peace. And so this becomes a icon that is forgotten. It's rediscovered in the 1990s, and Eric and I made a movie around it called Monumental, which has become kind of an incredible uh, a movie because everybody loves it and they go back to it. And in there, we talk about the strategy and the monument. Basically, as we walked around it in the in the movie, tells us about this man, uh, the Liberty Man in the front, and talks about faith at the top. And faith is the giant statue in the middle. And she has her finger pointed to heaven, obviously pointing to God. And her hand is on a Bible, and the Bible is open. She's reading her Bible. She's got the star of wisdom on her forehead. And she's got her finger pointed to God. You think that's a good symbolism? It is. It's trust God, have the wisdom through the word of God to build a society. If you want to do it, you got to do it God's way or it won't work. And then you simply go from there around the statues to four major figures. Those figures then give you the strategy that if you want to have this God-filled free society, uh, then how do you do it? And the first one is morality. And it's a lady seated. And she's sitting there with her eyeballs turned in, you know, this beautiful granite statue. And she's introspective and she's praying and she's got this, you know, the, the prayer beads in front going back to ancient Israel. She's praying. She's got the Ten Commandments and the, and the New Testament. She's got, she's got all the precepts that need to be lived out. And at the same time, she has the internalization of that through the gospel. So I have the law and the gospel. I've got God's word telling me what to do, and then I've got Jesus giving me the power to do it. So number one, if I want to have a godly society, I need to be self-governing, and I can't be self-governing unless I trust Jesus Christ to forgive my sins and give me the power over sin so that I can obey his law. So number one thing that has to be done in a society is you've got to get right with the morality of the scripture, and that can only be done by God. Number two, is that we need to move over to the law statue. And, and you can't have a society without laws. Every society is built upon some law. As one founding father said, everybody worships at one altar or another, usually bloodstained with human sacrifice. And so it's not that, that secularism in our day is a neutral government. No, the movement towards secular humanism is another religion. And it is simply modern Marxism, socialism, whatever you want to call it, is another religion moving in to try to take over from our biblically-based society. And so the, we've got to have a legal structure. Well, our society was built upon the Ten Commandments, and specifically you see the scriptures right above the law and the law documents held by this man who is just, but he's also merciful. So he's got the scales of justice, but he's also got his hand outstretched in mercy. So only under a biblically-based society do you have the combination of justice and mercy. And only that law system came down to us uh, scripturally to provide the base for America's Constitution. And if you have that base, morality and the Constitution, now you need to educate your kids. So the third aspect is this beautiful statue of a 28-year-old woman who's seated, again, looking inward, taking care of her own children, training them up. And she's she's writing, and uh, her son is taking notes, and she is... She's really finished her job. She's got that wreath of victory because she has trained her children to 
to be self-governing, to be able to learn and have wisdom. And the grandpa's on one side of the statue having a picture of me in a beard uh, standing there. You're pointing to the open Bible on one hand and the world on the other, saying you've got to have a biblical worldview given to you by your grandfather. So what we need are grandparents and parents teaching a biblical worldview to their children of what is the law, what is morality, what is faith. And if we will develop that, then we have godly children who grow up to be number four statue, 16-ton man who looks like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime as he's seated there with his Roman toga on and all of the chains broken that were on his legs because he used to be in bondage to tyranny. Now he's free and he's got his sword sheathed and he's looking out to England saying, don't try this again. And of course, they did 150 years later and found out that the patriots were not going to have it. But the point is that you can defend your liberty and not even have to many times fight for it if you're willing to do the first three. But you're always looking out. If someone is going to take away that God-given inalienable rights to life, liberty, and property, you've got to be ready to defend it. So you've got to become what what's called there the liberty man or the liber liberty man and woman, really, because the wife is there too. They're both enjoying prosperity and joy together. And that's what America is about, was following God peacefully, doing the right thing, helping one another, loving one another, and then bringing about the greatest civilization the world's ever known. What a joy to be able to go back to that. And we don't even have to fight a civil war over it. All we got to do is live out these principles and do it God's way, and he could restore this country in a decade. And I believe that's what's going to happen. I think we're, we're on the verge of another great awakening that is going to be sweeping and is beginning to sweep the country right now. So exciting. Well, and I think it's really interesting, too, when you go back in history and you read some of the quotes of not so much the pilgrims, but even people like, you know, Daniel Webster or... Um, even the Massachusetts school law where they were talking about educating students so that they could read the scripture. I mean, this, this is the education society. You know, we see that in Harvard, there's, they're saying that every student should be plainly instructed so that he could know God and Jesus Christ, which is eternal life. And all these people had their foundations just embedded in biblical truth and justice and morality and we just see that all crumbling around us so it starts in our homes right marshall it does it does and that's the reason it's crumbling because we've forgotten our heritage you know jesus said it well as a summary of what we need to do and i know this is what you like to do at the end of every program you like to give them an action step and one of the things that i think about is is revelation chapter 2 verse 5 where jesus is speaking to the church at ephesus which was a church a lot like ours. They had all the Bibles and the Bible colleges. And, and Ephesus was the place where Apostle Paul had been pastor for three years. So they were the hot shot Christian community. And yet Jesus comes to them in the book of Revelation. He says, you've lost your first love. You have forgotten uh, the blessings that I gave you as a people. And he says, you need to do this. Number one, he says, remember from whence you have fallen. Repent and do the deeds you did at first. And if there's one story that I, I get from the pilgrims and from the forefathers monument and that really gives us hope for the future is that it's really up to us to follow the words of Jesus. We begin by a remembrance. The great revival that we're all waiting for is going to start, I believe, when we remember how far we have fallen, when we remember that once we used to have a godly society, once we used to teach our children, once we used to have this and now we've lost it. 
or we're losing it. And so, and we also, we've done it because of ourselves, not because we blame somebody else. Then we repent. Oh Lord, what have we allowed to happen? So there's this historical perspective that I think Acts gives, which is so important, so vital. That's why I love Acts because you guys, this is non-compromising. This is the truth, the good, the bad, and the ugly about America. We got to learn the good. We've also got to learn about the slavery. We got to learn about the problems we've had and the things we've had to go through. We got to get to the point where we say, we have made some bad mistakes. And right now we're making some of the biggest. We're giving up our liberty. We're destroying our self-governing republic. So what can we do? Remember from whence we have fallen. Repent. That means to turn around and do what we did at first. Because that's the third thing. Do what you did at first. Do the first things. So let's go back and start doing those first things. Let's start voting for godly representatives. Let's start getting involved ourselves. Let's start feeding the poor and caring for the needy. Let's start going on tours and learning our heritage and taking our children to learn and give them a patriotic uh, and a biblical basis for, for living their lives. If we'll do that, then we restore the country from the inside out. And there's not a war here that's just going to be bring, come along with us. Just like Jesus said, he was going to reconcile the world to himself. And he said, we're ministers of reconciliation. We come in and we just say, be reconciled to God. Come back to his story. His story is the story that sets you free. Your children can still be that way. But we've got to come back to God to see it happen. So great days are ahead if we will do these things, I believe. Yeah, Marshall, I, I totally agree with that. And I just, I think of, you know, I think of God's word and, and the admonishment of, my, you know, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And I think of what Benjamin Franklin said, that a people cannot be ignorant and free. Benjamin Franklin says, a nation of well-informed men who have been taught to know and to prize the rights which God has given them, come from God, uh, cannot be enslaved. It It is in the region of ignorance that tyranny begins. And I think as we look in America of, for direction, uh, wouldn't you say that knowledge is going to be foundational? And uh, you know, certainly personal repentance, um, but this knowledge of God's word and then of, of many of the principles you've just yeah, mentioned. Yeah, I think this is it. We have to go back to those first principles, first things. Never forget the first things. And uh, it, it, life is not that, not that hard to figure out. It's just hard to live. And that's where we need the power of the Holy Spirit to do the right thing. We kind of know if we think about it, and if we study it, we'll know what to do. They're very basic things. Love our wives, love our children, train them up, evangelize our friends, uh, help our neighbors, help the needy and the poor, uh, and cut back the government to its size that it was meant by God. We do these things, and we'll see a great future for our kids. And we're going to see this story of liberty go on throughout the nations. China is going to be the next great Christian nation in the world, and it's going to happen. A little persecution going on right now, but guess what? They've already got 180 million Christians. About one-fifth of the population is already Christian. They can't get rid of them. And they're going to sweep that country. And it's going to happen in every country around the world. And America needs to become a city on a hill again, like it once was. So, Marshall, thank you so much. Again, just like last week on each episode of Behind the Tour, we love to leave our listeners with that call to action. And you've, you've probably mentioned a number of calls to action already. Um, but what would you what would you consider uh, from this matrix of liberty, uh, just the call to action that we need to have in terms of uh, again just our faith and courage? You know, stepping out of our comfort zones. We're we're living in kind of an unprecedented time. But what would be a call to action from this matrix of liberty that you've uh, just given to us? I would I would say this one of the number one things you can do for your for your for your family 
and for your life is to withdraw yourself from a false culture, which is called the media culture that people are living in. They've been sitting at home because of COVID. They've been watching too many movies. They've been watching too many new shows. And they've been getting their life from somebody who doesn't care about you. Who, and they're just trying to bring fear to you to destroy your faith in God. So get away from the media. Get out into the real world. Get around people who are teaching the truth. And then walk with them with your children. So what I'm saying is come on tour with me next fall. And we may have to have two buses, maybe three, but we gotta we gotta bring people together who really want to get serious and bring their kids. I'm bringing my grandkids on this trip, so you know when you're bringing your grandkids, you're serious about a family tour. This is my family tour uh, de jour, so you should be on that if you want to train your kids. That's one thing I would I would advertise. Secondly, all of Acts tours, so many other things that you can do. Get out among the people and go back to the monuments. Learn these truths for yourself. Even if you're on there alone on a vacation, stop just going to the Bahamas and, and uh, let's let's just go do something that, that teaches the kids something important. So I would say, uh, come on, some of these tours with us. Uh, and, then, and then thirdly, I would say, start at your local level and train everybody you know in the great truths of God from the scripture and from history and prepare that army at the local level to be what I call the army of compassion. That army of compassion can reach out to people of all denominations and all faiths and bring them back to an America that will bring liberty and justice for all. Let's do it. Well, Marshall, I, I'm really excited to hear how your tour goes. Definitely want to encourage people to check out your book, The New American Covenant. And we mentioned it last week, but we'll have the link up in the podcast links of where people can go to your store at World History Institute. This uh, book was just republished and is coming out in another month or two. Oh, two weeks, less than two weeks. Oh, so you can go pre-order right now and get it. And then also you guys were just talking about the tour. We'll have the link up for that, but Marshall's gonna be leading a tour uh, to Washington, Philadelphia, New York City, Plymouth and Boston. And that will be September 27th through October 4th. And we'll have the link up on that uh, if people want to go and read more about it and register for the trip. Great to hear about the Forefathers Monument. I I would highly encourage all of you to, to try to get there at some point in your life just to see it in person. But if nothing else, you can, you know, read about it, look at it online. Even I think there's pictures online. Before we leave, we kind of didn't plan this, Aaron, but Marshall, do you have maybe a real short story of going to the monument with someone or some people that you really saw them impacted by seeing the, the Forefathers Monument? Well, I, I, in 19, this began my relationship with Kirk Cameron, really, after I met him at an airport in 2007. And he walked over to me in the airport. And he said, Marshall Foster. I said, well, I know you, Kirk, but why do you know me? He said, because I read your book and I have more children because of you. And I said, oh, well, that's interesting. <laughs> he read my book, uh, A Battle for the 21st Century, where I talked about having more kids. And he was about ready to not have any more kids. He puts it in the forward to my book. That's why I can mention it. He said, I went out the next week after 12 years, and we went and we ended up with two more kids a few weeks later instead of, uh, instead of not having children. Anyway, so we got to be big best friends. We lived 10 miles apart. And so now, uh, in 2008, I take him on. He says, I want to go on a vacation with my kids and I want them to take them to the East Coast. I want you to give me a tour. I said, great. I want you to give me a hotel in Plymouth for four days. Okay. So we go to Plymouth and we're there for four days. And the first morning after we land, he has no idea of our history or heritage or what's going on. 
his family with his six kids, right? And we we get in the, we get in our big van and we go up the hill and we come around the corner to the forefathers' menu and he went, "Holy moly! <laughs> this is the this is the mother of all monuments." Especially when I walked around it with the family and they went, "Wow!" You know, and we looked at each other and said, "We got to do a movie on this." And that was the beginning of Monumental, and that was in 2008. And then there and on the graveyard where we sat there and wept at the, at the gravestone of uh, William Bradford. He said, that's where my, he said his entire life structure in terms of the plan for his future was changed as a result of going to Plymouth and getting the perspective on history that Man, I, we need to have that kind of influence on our day and we need people to hear that story. And that's why he said in the movie, secret sauce. He says, I wish we could find the secret sauce that the pilgrims had that made them successful. What is that sauce? I said, well, let's go on the top of the hill. And I want to show you because they put it in 80 tons of granite for us and we could learn what the secret sauce is. And sure enough, he learned it. And now he's doing 50 days, 100 days in a row, teaching in front of a campfire in his backyard, preparing all day for 100 days to give a 20 minute speech. You can go online and hear him tonight. He's got 45 more days to go. And then we're going to go on after that. But see, it just begins. It can begin in one heart. They catch, they catch the vision, and they can go on and change millions of people you'll never reach. That's a great story, Marshall. And we don't know who's listening to you right now. I mean, there, there could be some young people out there, some middle-aged people that God just really stirs in their hearts, and we don't know what God will do with the truth that he's put out. Amen. Amen. Forward. Well, I want to thank you both. Jay, thanks for joining us today. And, and Dr. Marshall Foster, uh, what a, what a, I could spend, spend hours and days listening to you just out of the wealth of knowledge that you have. And thank you so much for being a part of our podcast today. Well, you guys, uh, just one, I'll kind of close out today with a quote from William Bradford uh, that's actually on the Forefathers Monument. It says this, uh, and again, William Bradford, thus out of small beginnings, greater things have been produced by his hand that made all things of nothing and gives being to all things that are. And as one small candle may light a thousand, so the light here kindled hath shown unto many, yes, in some sort to our whole nation, let the glorious name of Jehovah have all praise. Uh, so what a, what a fitting uh, inscription on the, the, uh, the forefathers monument here. Thank you again to our listeners, to everybody listening um, today. Uh, we believe here at American Christian Tours that one person can make a difference, Amen. right, Marshall? <laughs> and we believe that together we can make a big difference. We believe that inspiring people, both young and old, is very important. And that's why we do what we do uh, of going on tour and on location. And we also believe that the past gives us insight into the future. And we're passionate about providing programs uh, that truly will make a difference. Well, thanks for joining us again today. And as always, remember that your story is a part of his story. Uh, and God put you here in this time, in this place, and now for such a time as this. Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll look forward to spending time with you next time. God bless you, Marshall. Bless you, brothers. I got to run, but let's, uh, let's get together soon.